Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs and become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show.
Good evening, listeners, and welcome to Season 7, Episode 23 of Horror Hill. We've got another double feature today, bringing you all a nice charcuterie board of horror. Varied, delicious, and still dripping. Our opening story is Tricks by Matt Martinek. Stephen is a young man in a dangerous line of work, servicing the sexual desires of his clients. However, he has recently started dabbling in a more serious form of prostitution. As Stephen's body and psyche start to buckle under the toll of these increasingly dangerous rendezvous, he begins to wonder how far he'll go and what will remain of himself as he does so. By the way, you might notice another voice in this tale. I'd like you all to join me in welcoming Otis Jiri, who will be voicing several characters. As some of you probably already know, Otis hosts his own show called Scary Stories Told in the Dark, also available on YouTube and through the podcast platform of your choice. Closing out our evening, we have Reunited by Paris Clark. In this story, a man named Harold is grieving over the loss of his wife, along with his daughter Susie. Unbeknownst to Harold, Susie's grief has attracted the attention of something otherworldly, something with its own agendas. I'd also like to point out that this story has a connection with another Paris Clark tale, Mommy's Dearest, which we included in episode 20 this season. If you enjoy this story, I'd recommend going back to listen to that one as well. Disclaimer. Horror Hill is a horror anthology podcast, bringing you scary stories from all corners of the internet and beyond. As such, certain stories include content that some listeners might find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the standard edition of this program. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy ad-free versions of this and hundreds of tales from our audio archives dating back to 2012, visit ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today and get instant access. Did I mention they're ad-free? Thank you for your support. And now, from author Matt Martinek, I give you tricks. Oh, Stephen, quick. You're getting blood everywhere. The doctor prodded the box of tissues into my chest, and I began to sop up the mess leaking from my nose. The middle-aged fellow straightened his tie, cleared his throat, and continued on with his diatribe, unfazed. I tilted my head back and focused on the brown, water-stained panels in the ceiling, only half listening to what this genius had to offer me. I was already regretting my decision. I'm really glad that you chose to take the first step with me, Stephen. It's a rough life out there, and there are definitely times when we all need a bit of help. From what you've told me already, I intend to help you figure out 
why you're in the spot that you're in. Lack of self-esteem, a willingness to demean yourself in ways that you do. That all comes from somewhere. The quicker we find out where, the sooner that you can start making some positive changes in your life. I could tell from his elevated tone that he was wrapping the session up, and I couldn't have been happier. For the first time during this hour-long intake that I had scheduled, I made complete eye contact with the therapist, then took in the fine details of who I was dealing with. His appearance was ironic to me. The words he spoke suggested a man of rules, laws, and theories but his disheveled black hair and poorly applied eyeliner suggested differently. Fuck. None of us were normal anymore. But strangely, in the world we were living in, deviance seemed to be the only way. The doc offered me a weak, effeminate handshake, and off I went. I thanked the man, pitched my crimson tissues into the wastebasket, and pocketed the tube of eyeliner that was sitting on the shelf next to the door. It wasn't my brand, but hey, what the hell? These people just didn't get it. Of that, I was sure. I was a living mess. A walking, breathing, open wound. Normalcy to me consisted of scabbed over cuts, bruised skin of different colors, and badly bandaged limbs. But why the blood? Why the pain? Anyone would wonder. It's much simpler than a person would think, though. It's all because it pays more. The root of all evil, the almighty dollar. Things used to be so much different, of course. To prostitute oneself used to be a purely sexual thing. A guy would get his rocks off with you and you would make a few bucks. Easy transactions. But at some point, the world changed. People changed. Violence became synonymous with sex, and at some point, the violence took over completely. The screams were what they were after. Pure pain. I remember the first time it happened so very vividly. It started out simply enough. A nice little blow and go, something just to help pay the bills. But then the guy asked me if I needed some extra, and of course, I was intrigued at what he had in mind. Once he loosened his belt, however, my intrigue turned to disgust and I changed my mind completely. As soon as I reached the door, one foot into the hallway, he shouted out a dollar amount that stopped me in my tracks. So, I did it. He tightened the belt upon my throat, and after he had his fun, I ended up with a large circular bruise around my neck that alarmed friends and family alike. They automatically thought I was a suicide case. Actually, compared to the perversions I was getting into, I think they would have preferred the suicide angle anyways. Less to be embarrassed of. I thought long and hard about my foray into this new world, but the pros greatly outweighed the cons. I was selling myself already. This was just changing the rules a bit. I knew there was a sexual underground that I was unfamiliar with, but as soon as I started digging, the opportunities turned out to be more than plentiful. Most of it was online. That dark web shit is no joke. Bondage, spanking, cutting, even cannibalism and straight-up human sacrifice. 
there were no limits. Some of the titles of the threads had me chuckling. My favorite, by far, was In Search of 135-Pound Sissy Boy Long Pig for Butcher and Slow Roast. Eh, a little too dark for me. I was an angel compared to some of these fools. I set up some appointments and quickly purchased a blade that would keep me company on my adventures, just in case something went awry. This was, by far, the most dangerous thing I had ever attempted in the course of my life. The first fellow I met, who went by the handle Frankie, in the span of these darker adventures was really nothing but a pussycat. He was cordial and almost embarrassed to ask these strange things of me, even though he was paying well for it. He whipped my bare bottom and graduated to a studded paddle, all the while taking care of his own needs. I complied as best as I could and overreacted when I thought it was necessary. The louder my whines and cries became, the more enjoyment he extracted from the situation. I was nervous at first, but as soon as I caught up with the pace, my fears quickly dissipated. If the worst I would receive from these situations was a sore ass, then I knew I would be alright. As time went on, I got to experience the different kinks of most of the perverts in my area. The number one most requested thing, as I kind of expected, was asphyxiation. That was also one of the most frightening things, as it is quite a fine line you're treading before you reach unconsciousness. It requires a certain amount of trust with your partner, a trust that I obviously did not have whatsoever. I was simply hoping that I was providing a good enough service so that my customers would want to see me again, instead of snuffing me out like a fucking candle. On occasion, they would request that I do them too, which I was never comfortable with. They always said I wasn't doing it tight enough, but I was just so afraid of something going terribly wrong. Once or twice, I did back out when I got a strange or peculiar feeling about a certain individual or place. And as always, it was nice to have the reassurance of the knife, which was pressed tightly against my calf right inside my boot. Never can be too careful, especially when it comes to my line of work. When I wasn't busy working or sleeping, I would be found drowning my already dying morals and values at the bottom of a pint at my favorite watering hole down the street from my apartment. I often traded war stories with my fellow streetwalker, Vincent, whom I enjoyed enough to regard as an actual friend, give or take. He would always let me know exactly what he thought, no matter how embarrassed it made me feel. Oh, Stevie... You really will do anything for a buck, huh? So where's the line? Is there one? Vincent was being a smartass as usual. It's under control, trust me. You should actually give it a shot. Might end up being a little cleaner than what you're used to. I can hook you up if you want. I stared at my empty glass, trying to ignore Vincent as much as I could. Har har har, good buddy. Sure, it starts with spanking and choking and shit, till you end up pieced out in someone's freezer. Imagine someone having to explain that one to your parents or brother. I think you're fucking up big here. That weird shit just leads to even weirder shit, and the money simply isn't worth the risk. No joking. 
His tone had adopted a certain condescension. I looked up at Vince's face, which had become rigid and stern. I guess he had a point. But then again, he was still nickel and diming it on the corner and dressing in rags. I was done with that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One particular evening, as I was browsing for my next customer, I came across a post that was simply titled with three dollar signs. Obviously, this caught my attention. As I read what this person was looking for, I knew that I was stepping it up a level, both in potential danger and monetary value. The post was made by a user named Needles, with a Z, and he was looking for someone who would be willing to practice some, quote, elevated acupuncture, unquote, whatever the hell that meant. For ten grand, I was sure willing to find out. I informed Vincent of this opportunity, and needless to say, he thought I was an idiot for even thinking about it. I assured him that I would give him the address beforehand in case I wound up missing. He didn't laugh at the joke whatsoever. The home itself was definitely upper-middle class, I couldn't imagine such a pervert occupying it. I sat out front in my vehicle for a half an hour, strongly leaning towards driving away. No harm, no foul. I felt more than uneasy. Just as I was ready to leave, with my key in the ignition, I heard a quick rapping on my side window, which nearly made me jump out of my seat. The man spoke loudly from outside of the car. Stephen, I take it. I've been waiting for you. I saw you parked out here, and I figured you were having second thoughts. I sure hope not. He definitely hit the nail on the head. The man looked alarmingly normal. Not at all what I had expected. Nicely dressed, slicked back hair, groomed mustache. Just your regular husband or dad. I was relieved. Yeah, I'm just not so sure I want to get into this. I'm really sorry I wasted your time. No offense. I couldn't look him in the eyes. I just wanted out. 
Oh, come on. You showed up for a reason, didn't you? It might not be the most pleasurable thing for you, but you'll be fine. Trust me, you'll be paid well. I thought for a moment about everything I had gone through already. I was sure I could get through this one, too. Just like all the rest. No different. I opened the car door and followed the man up through his driveway and into the house. No going back now. My name's Mark, by the way. It's really nothing to worry about. It'll take about two hours of your time. Nice and easy. You, you will be a little sore, though. I followed this man through his expensive kitchen and dining room as I noticed the deafening silence throughout the house. He seemed to live alone, or maybe he just wanted it to look that way. We reached what looked to be his cellar door and entered. We descended a flight of stairs in complete darkness. My heart rate sped up. My breathing was labored. I had no idea what to expect. At the very bottom of the stairs, he flicked on the light switch. This was definitely his playroom. I immediately felt the urge to run away at the sight of the chair. It looked like old fucking Sparky, with straps and shit. There was a roll-away doctor's table next to it with a bottle of rubbing alcohol and a clear plastic box full of pins, probably a thousand of them. The cellar was dank and musty, and there were black stains on the filthy, unpainted cement floor. Sorry, Mark. No can do, pal. I'm out. I started up the stairs, frightened. Oh, Stephen, come on. Don't be such a baby. Everything will be fine. Spend a little time with me and you could retire at 32. Or maybe you just don't have the heart for it. You sought me out, not the other way around. His verbal jabs didn't do much besides piss me off at that moment, but I knew deep down that he was right. Maybe I could use my latest customer to get out of the game for good. No more bullshit. No more pain. I paused at the top of the stairs, but eventually I descended and took my seat in the chair. Mark removed my shirt, strapped me in, and we were off. Yes, it was painful. Definitely on another level from what I was used to up until that point. He started off easy on me, sticking the pins in just slightly in the forehead area. By the time he got to my chest, he was sticking them in at least a quarter inch. He dipped every pin in rubbing alcohol, which added to the burning sensation. The sweat began to pour from me. I gritted my teeth and tried to be as quiet as I possibly could. I knew that he yearned for my cries, but I refused to give him the satisfaction. I hated him, more than all the others, because he was different. Something about him was just so much darker than the rest. Mark began to salivate as he moved throughout my body parts, licking his lips and moistening his mustache with dew. As he reached for my fingers and caressed them, he spoke. Okay, Stephen. This is where it gets a little tricky, 
Let's see how much of a man you really are. You've been pretty quiet, but the time for that now is over. It's all right, though. Everybody screams. I knew I was in for it. Mark slowly inserted a single pin under the nail of my little finger on my left hand. It burnt so fucking bad that the tears began to well up in no time at all. My teeth parted, and I began to squeal. He moved on to the index finger, this time inserting two pins, all the way under. The blood met the surface of the nail bed and began to leak out from underneath. The pain grew, and the tears streamed down my face, mixing with the blood that was now dripping from the hundred pins in my chest. Mark traveled to my thumb, this time with three pins. He was moving so slowly, relishing every moment, loving every tear that fell. He stared into my eyes for a few seconds and smiled. Then, without warning, he pushed down on the very ends of the pins with the side of his hand, tearing the fingernail completely away from the nail bed. It sounded as if he tore the brand label off of a banana peel. I wailed and screamed in absolute pain. If I could have reached my boot, I probably would have cut him right there. Ah, there it is. Finally. I think you've had enough for the day, Stephen. He laughed at me as he slowly removed each pin he had inserted, one by one, licking the ends as he went along. I was a bloody mess, and I would never be the same again. Once I had my little run-in with Mark something inside me changed. I knew that I'd been selling myself for a long time now, but at this point it felt like my body wasn't even mine anymore. I felt dirty. I felt worthless, like a rotten piece of meat. It got into my head. I began to make appointments for all kinds of crazy shit. The beatings I took were legendary. I began to wear increasing amounts of makeup in order to hide my bruises, but also to hide my emotional state. Sure, I was androgynous before, but now I was an absolute fucking creature. I pretty much stopped going out in public altogether. The looks and sneers were just too much. I could only wonder what Vincent would have thought. The cash rolled in but I wasn't even sure if that mattered anymore. In my mind, the punishment I was receiving was deserved. Stephen no longer existed, and what I turned into? I still wasn't sure. Right around the time I attempted to see the therapist to try to figure some of this shit out, Needles began to contact me regularly, looking for a follow-up appointment of his own. I automatically thought back to his disgusting smile and the satisfaction he felt as he ravaged my being inside and out. It had been three months, and my thumbnail hadn't even fully grown back yet. But Mark was ready for more. And deep down, so was I. 
I was at rock bottom. But I promised myself that no matter what happened in that cellar, it would be my very last time. It was complete deja vu as I sat in the car outside of Mark's house, trying to access the bravery required to open the door and get out. About 15 minutes after our scheduled appointment was supposed to begin, I saw Mark peek his head out from behind the curtain of his front window. He waved at me. It wasn't a wave of greeting, however. I knew that it was a wave of goodbye. He thought he had beaten me. He thought that I couldn't handle it. He was writing me off. But he was wrong. I would take all he had to give, and more. He wanted those deafening screams, and I would provide them freely. It was time to end it, for good. Mark was surprised as he saw my face from behind his window. He opened the door quickly, with lustful anticipation. Steven, I can't believe it. I thought you worst out on me. They always do, you know. No one has ever come back after the first time. But that's all right. It'll be worth your while. I'll double it this time. Twenty grand. Much more where that comes from. Looks like we're going to be friends after all. I simply smiled at him as I followed this pervert down into his dungeon. Mark, it seemed, had been thinking up some new tricks to try out on me. I spotted a flathead screwdriver, a pair of pliers, and, of course, his box of pins. I couldn't wait to see what he had in store for me. I could imagine the pliers tearing at each nipple, and the pins digging deeper, extracting more blood than they had before. Strangely, I began to salivate. An uncontrollable smile crept across my face as I daydreamed about my own suffering. Or was it? Mark noticed the remarkable difference in me. Steve, oh my. It couldn't be that you actually enjoyed last time, could it? You seem to be a new man. I really wish you would wipe that ridiculous makeup off, though. You're starting to look like a fucking clown. I turned my back on him as he spoke and felt the rage inside my heart finally break through into the world, into the real. Mark, it's okay. Everybody screams. I turned around, knife in hand, ready for the experience. What the fuck? Mark tried to turn to make it up the stairs, but I pounced on him like an animal and began to slash at him, all over his back. The blood quickly leaked through his blue dress shirt and beyond, into the wooden steps and onto me as well. He turned over, just in time to see the blade lunge towards his throat. His scream was cut short as his eyes widened, and the gleaming steel forced itself through the fleshy folds of his neck. A fountain of red covered me. <sighs> I finally escaped.
You've been listening to Tricks by Matt Martinek. Matt Martinek is a singer-songwriter and author from Jonestown, Pennsylvania, whose passion is the creative process itself. Whether it's through song or the written word, Matt's works always find their audience. His writing credits include short stories for Siren's Call magazine, Hellbound Books, and Coffin Bell Journal, amongst many other publications. And now, from author Paris Clark, I give you Reunited. Something evil had been drawn in, casting a dark shadow over the Winston's house. The black veil slowly lowered and encased the property like a heavy spring downpour enveloping a small country town. A ritual was taking place in the spare bedroom of the three-bedroom house, one that took place over 170,000 times a day, but this one was special. It was expected. The taste was months' worth of rotting heartache, pain, regret, sadness, and anger. The swirl of emotions was rocking the foundation of this house, edging it ever closer to the pernicious cyclone that awaited its occupants. Harold sat next to his wife's bed, holding her hand. Her other hand was connected to an IV drip and was resting on their daughter's head who was snuggled next to her with an arm over her tiny waist. You wouldn't think the children snored, but this one was an expert at it. They both had tears in their eyes, for the same but different reasons. One didn't want to be left, and the other didn't want to go, but neither had a choice. Tiffany had started getting nauseating headaches on their honeymoon trip this past July. They cut it short and came back home thinking it was an allergic reaction to something, but her symptoms only worsened the following days. That's when Harold suspected the worst and took her to the hospital where he worked, so he could force a little leeway and get her looked at ASAP. The brain scans confirmed his suspicions, and the biopsy results destroyed half of his universe the next day. Glioblastoma he had stood in the lab waiting for the results himself and instantly began crying when he received them. Glioblastoma. Incurable. Inoperable. Unlivable. Life expectancy, three to six months. She was a walking corpse, but now she couldn't even walk. The nurse approached the bed opposite Harold and slipped a needle into his wife's IV. Harold lifted his free hand, telling her to stop. It's going to happen sooner than later, she whispered in a weak, broken voice. I know. Just a few more minutes, please, he sniffled, trying not to be too loud as to wake the other half of his universe. She had her first seizure two months ago, and not long after that she became bedridden. After her diagnosis, she had grown more and more dependent. Her headaches became worse. 
Sometimes she would sleep all day. On other days, she would walk around like the zombie she was. On one of her good days, she had told him that she wanted what would eventually happen to happen on her own terms. He arranged it, and her mother began calling family members that day so they could come to say their goodbyes. Over the next few days, they came and left. She remembered some, and some she didn't. Harold had waited till she had another good day so he and his daughter could give her a proper farewell. Now, here they were. He could hear his mother-in-law crying in the hall. She had left the room when the nurse had come in with the bye-bye medicine. His father-in-law left to console her when the woman's cries became too much to bear. Harold didn't believe he had wanted to watch anyway. He was trying to be there and be strong for what precious little time he had left with his baby girl. He couldn't imagine watching his daughter slowly fade away, as he and his wife had done over the past couple of months. She was so skinny and frail, barely resembling the woman he had fallen in love with and married, but she was still beautiful. She would always be beautiful to him. You know what they say, she whispered. The last moments are always the most precious. Harold let out a whimper as a flood of tears burst from his eyes. He leaned forward, held his lips to hers, and lowered his hand to press it against her neck. The nurse administered her cure-all. He whimpered again as her lips no longer kissed back. He held his hand firm on her neck, feeling blood thumping as her heart gave its last beats. Thump. 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 He broke and cried out. Louder cries erupted from the hall. His daughter stirred awake. 19 February, 2021 Wearing his blue plaid pajamas, Harold Winston sat in a recliner in front of a red brick fireplace. Sizzling and popping embers shot from the snow-dampened logs he had recently sacrificed to the flames, which danced in celebration as they fed and forced the light from their life into the dim room. He sniffled. He held his phone in one hand, scrolling through the pictures on his wife's Instagram. A glass of scotch was held in the other. Tears trickled as he looked through the pictures she'd taken during their honeymoon in Hawaii, the one before their lives were turned upside down, shaken, and then thrown against the wall where they would shatter. She bought a pink polka dot bikini specifically for that trip. She had looked fine as hell in it, it was upstairs in the bottom drawer of her dresser. She had been 15 years younger than him, and he would have thought she was a gold digger if her family hadn't been filthy rich. The, my dad's a CEO of a Fortune 500 company type of rich. He had been 35 when they met at an Arkansas Razorbacks baseball game in Fayetteville. 
She was going to the university to study meteorology and atmospheric science in hopes of becoming a meteorologist like her mother, Janice Storm. She's the old woman on Channel 7 who gives the weather in the afternoon. He knew her. She was pretty, but her daughter was something to be admired. They hit it off at the game and exchanged numbers. Four years later, they got married, and seven months after that, she gave birth to their daughter. They would have had so much fun today. It hadn't snowed this much in Little Rock since he was a kid. It would have been a first for his wife and daughter, but instead, it was just a first for their daughter. Her first time seeing enough snow to play in properly, and the first time she didn't want to play because her mother was not there to enjoy it with her. If she had been, there would have been snowball fights, with him most likely getting pelted in the head more times than he could count. Snowmen would have been made, who would have also been bombarded with a flurry of snowballs. Snow angels. They would have used a lid off of one of the large plastic storage containers from the garage to slide down the hill in the backyard. Hot chocolate warm-ups would have been a must, just so they could all go back out to act like children and make more memories together. That was something they would never be again. Together. A surprising laugh echoed down the hall as he began to bring the glass to his lips. It took him off guard, but suddenly made him feel less alone and sad. A small sense of happiness crept into his chest for the first time in weeks. You're supposed to be asleep, you little bugger. He drained what little was left, sat the glass and his phone on the small table next to the bottle of scotch, and got up. Starting kindergarten the next year, Susie sat on her bed with a blonde-haired baby doll wrapped under one arm. She held a black magic marker in her free hand. Her red hair, matching her father's and the hearts on her pajamas, hung long and straight down her back. The Hello Kitty nightlight that glowed next to her bed faintly lit the room. "'Are you sure this is going to work?' She whispered as she drew a diagonal line on the white fitted sheet. Yes, a faint echoing voice replied from the darkest corner. But how do you know? She asked the shadow hovering over the large open pink trunk, which was spilling over with small toys. My family and I have helped others many times before. Do you have a brother or sister? I wish I had a brother or sister. Can I meet them? They can come to stay the night as you've been, she whispered as she continued to draw. They are... busy. Doing what? Playing their games with their little girl or boy, the demon replied as it flew towards her bed. The Hello Kitty nightlight revealed its form. Six large black feathered wings connected to a swirling circle of darkness. The middle two were opened and slightly swayed, hovering above the floor. The top two folded over the front and were slightly parted, revealing a sliver of a single sapphire-colored eye. The bottom two were folded at a slight angle underneath them. Do they play these kinds of games? 
she asked, continuing to draw more lines. Yes. Does that look right? She asked, staring down at the five-pointed star. The bottom left wing slightly lowered as a golden arm reached out and motioned with a claw-tipped finger. There should be a circle around it, and make sure you fill in the spots you missed. Who let you out? A whispering voice came from behind the winged demon. You said all your brothers were busy, Susan questioned. I don't claim him. Now finish your drawing, the demon echoed and turned to face the pale, blonde-haired demon in the green and orange suit. Don't you have other places to be? Well, of course, but I wasn't going to miss the opportunity to see an old friend. I see you're staying true to form. I, myself... Locutio adjusted his green bow tie. Am enjoying the new me. I can see that. You should try it. No. Now leave me alone. Well, aren't you just a sour skittle? Have you tasted those? They are disgusting, if you ask me. But you didn't. But I gave you the answer anyway, didn't I? Yes, I did. Yes, sirree, Bob. Now, what's your little name, cutie? Lucutio asked Susan as he stepped around the swaying wings of the other demon. Susan, she whispered, but everybody calls me Susie. Lucutio extended a hand to her. Well, put it there, Susie. It is indeed lovely to meet you, sweetie. She extended a hand. There was a sharp hissing and steam as the tips of her fingers met the palm of his hand. Lucutio jerked away. His light green eyes shot a bright glowing red before quickly fading back to green. Why didn't you tell me she was pure? He quietly snapped at his fellow demon. The four wings obscuring its form lifted slightly, insinuating a shrug. Sorry, Susie whispered. Oh, it's okay, sweetie. Now, finish up your drawing. I did. It's all done. The vaguely artistic work was what one would expect from a five-year-old. The points of the star were all different lengths and widths, and the shape encasing it looked more like a pentagon than a circle. It is, isn't it? Well, you've done a wonderful job. A wonderful job indeedy. I would give you some sour skittles, but I don't have any. I find them disgusting, if I may tell the truth. But I do tell the truth most of the time because I'm a terrible liar. Did I say doo-doo? He made a funny face, stuck out his tongue, and made a farting sound before vanishing. Little Susie giggled. Your father's coming. Lay back down, cover up, the winged demon told her and flew back to the dark corner. She hurried and pulled over her blanket, letting Elsa from Frozen cover her. The hallway light flicked on. 
Her father poked his head in through the cracked door and studied the room before saying, Susie, you should be asleep. I am, she replied. Night, Daddy. Love you. Love you too, sweetheart, he told her before softly closing the door. Susie laid still for a few moments. Her eyes closed as she continued to act asleep before she sat up and whispered, I just go to sleep and when I wake up I'll be with mommy? Yes. They could play in the snow together and make ice cream like she and Grangran had. What about daddy? He will join you soon. They could all play in the snow and be a happy family again. She knew her daddy would love that. She knew he was feeling sad like her, but soon they wouldn't have to feel sad anymore. They would be back together soon. She loved that they would be together. She missed that. Together. Good night, she gleefully whispered and snuggled under her cover to try and go to sleep as fast as possible. She felt she was almost too excited to go to sleep but she began to snore less than five minutes later. This was just like going to sleep before Christmas morning, when you knew you were going to wake up with a bunch of presents from Santa. Harold returned to his chair by the fire, refilled his glass, and went back to looking at pictures of his wife. He didn't want to raise his little girl without her mother, but what does a husband do? He had started seeing a therapist at the hospital, where he was the resident spinal surgeon specialist. The woman wanted to put him on antidepressants, but he refused. He hated taking medications and very seldomly drank. He hadn't popped the top on this bottle till after his wife's funeral. Before then, it had been gathering dust in one of the kitchen cabinets for the better half of two years. As the night progressed, little Susie continued her nostril symphony. Harold, on the other hand, continued to drink and loathe the loss of his wife till he passed out and slumped down in the chair, leaving the flames from the fireplace to dance without an audience and inevitably die out. The demon came into the room a few minutes past 3 a.m., its wings flying silently through the air. Coming to a stop directly behind Harold, it slowly spread out all six of its wings, revealing its full form. A massive blue eye glistened near the crest of the swirling darkness, filling the room with a blue glow. Two golden arms with large clawed hands reached out to either side, and its slender golden legs untucked to reveal massive shining talons. Its eye glowed and its black wings shuddered as a malevolent force flowed from it and into Harold, whose eyes abruptly opened. Harold stood and faced the demon, but only saw the light through the doorway illuminating the kitchen. He walked towards the light. The demon shadowed him as the evil force pulsated between them. He went to the knife block by the coffee pot and pulled one of the silver handles from its place before casually walking to his daughter's room with a five-inch steak knife. He didn't turn on the hallway light before slowly pushing the door open to go stand beside her bed. 
A wave of energy thumped from the demon, whisking the cover off of her. The Hello Kitty nightlight tinked, the bulb blue, leaving only the blue glow from the demon's eye illuminating the room. Another thump sent Harold's hands up, both fiercely gripping the knife. A tear rolled down his cheek. He was screaming inside his head, but couldn't even force out a whisper. He had been possessed by something. He knew what he was doing, but he didn't have the will to stop himself. Susie stirred. Daddy? What are you doing? Another thump. Harold's hands slammed down. Tears were now rolling down his cheeks. Susie screamed and clutched her tiny hands around the ones that held the knife in her chest. Crimson flooded her hearted pajamas. Briefly, she looked with frightened confusion into her father's eyes. Her hands gradually loosened as she drifted away, slowly relaxing her frightened face bringing an empty stare into her crying eyes. A white mist floated out from her towards the ceiling and then disappeared through it. The demon folded its top wings, covering its shining blue eye and dissolving the channeling force. Darkness descended on the room, leaving only a faint yellow glow from a nearby streetlight coming through the window. Before he even regained full motor control, Harold began screaming. What have I done? Oh God, what have I done? His bloodied hands pulled away from the knife to take in handfuls of his graying red hair. Oh my God, what have I done? The rest of his universe had just been sucked into a black hole. Had he had a mental breakdown? Had it been some sleep paralysis in conjunction with sleepwalking? Nonetheless, there was nothing left for him here, and he wasn't going to stay here another minute. He instinctively pulled the knife from his daughter and impaled his own chest. He stood, frozen, looking down at his precious little Susie before falling onto his knees and then over onto the white carpet. As a black shade, his condemned soul rose from his body and began wailing. The demon began ripping into it with its golden claws and talons. You've been listening to Reunited by Paris Clark. Paris Clark is an author from a small town in Arkansas. His love for stories and all things fascinatingly weird and disturbing has inspired him to create universes where his characters can come to life. Having no literary degree, his vivid imagination and the compulsion to rid his thoughts of his ideas has enabled him to create stories we all can enjoy. Well, listeners, that closes out our evening tonight. Thank you for joining me, and I'd like to remind you again to go check out more of Otis Jerry's work on scary stories told in the dark. 
I'll be back next week to continue whispering sweet, eldritch nothings in your ear. And in the meantime, stay spooky. If you enjoyed what you've heard on today's program, please take a moment to stop by our iTunes page or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. It makes a huge difference and would mean a lot to me. If you'd like to hear a premium, ad-free edition of tonight's and all of our other episodes, visit ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and click the Patrons link in the menu at the top of the screen, where you can become a patron for as little as $5 per month and get access to our entire audio archive dating back to 2012, including past episodes of this program, all of our other shows, and hundreds of standalone releases, all of them ad-free and available to download or stream. Thanks so much for your time and for giving our sponsors a try today. When you support our sponsors, you help support this show, and that means a lot to me. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights there, where you'll get all of our latest updates and new releases, and have the chance to interact with us each and every week. As for me personally, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, username Viking Guitar, and also on Instagram as Viking Guitar Productions. In particular, if you're looking for someone to provide voice work for your own project, or are in need of audio production of any sort, it would be wonderful to chat. Until next week, listener, when we meet up once again atop the horror hill for yet another dance with darkness, I bid you good night. Sleep tight, listener, and if you hear scratching at your door, don't open it. The darkness may have found you, but it's up to you to let it in. You've been listening to the Horror Hill Podcast, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's episode was hosted by, and its featured tale performed by, yours truly, Eric Peabody. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music provided by Nikki McSorley and Eric Peabody. Finalization by Craig Groshek and S.K. Brown. Got a terrifying tale of your own that you'd like performed? I take submissions. Email it to us today at submissions at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your work considered for future production. If you enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, please subscribe to us to make sure you never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. Your feedback means a lot to me. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and yours truly on social media to connect anytime and get the latest updates on this and our other programs. 
If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon as well to get more spooky tales from me and the crew and another episode of this program each and every week. And don't forget to hit the thumbs up button to let us know how we're doing and leave us a kind comment. Lastly, don't forget to visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and consider supporting the team by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to our audio archives and ad-free downloads of all of your favorite stories, including those you've heard on this program. As for me, you can hear more of my work on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights podcast. However, I will be back next week with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. If darkness is what you're after, listener, your search is over. Yet, let it be known, you haven't found the darkness. The darkness has found you. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.